Number 32 is the invitation song. I appreciate these men that lead singing. They do a good job, and that is a very important part of our meeting. It's a very important part of our worship to God, and I appreciate the way you participate in singing. A man says, if someone broke into my house to rob and to threaten my family, I won't do anything because I must love my enemy. One says, I can't contribute on Sunday like I should to the church because I must use it to help my neighbors. A preacher leaves his wife and children at the supper table to comfort a young man who has problems with his girlfriend because he's supposed to show his love to the members of the church. A woman misses services to prepare a meal for the preacher or for her family who's coming to visit because she reasons I'm to have love for them and to show it. A man forsakes the assembly and attends a denominational service with his wife because he says he is supposed to love her. Folks, there are levels of love. And there are some levels of love that are higher than other levels of love and should come first. You remember in Matthew 10:37 he says he that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me and he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me look at the more than that suggests the idea of levels and you may remember that the first time that Peter was asked by Jesus about his love for him, he said, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? I'm not for sure that I could prove to you whether that means what Jesus is saying, do you love me more than these others love me, or do you love me more than you love the others? I have a tendency to believe it's the second. He was saying, Peter, do you love me more than you love these others? And uh, as I continue to use this series of lessons, I'm going to have another lesson. I'm in the process of developing it. Lovest thou me more than these? And mention the different things that we might love that sometimes keep us from loving Jesus as we should. But I believe there is ample proof that there are levels of love. And I guess I think that this lesson may be as important as any lesson that I will preach in this series this week because I think we have not completely understood this and put it in proper focus. First of all, we are to love God supremely. There's no question about that. The first commandment that Jesus said in Matthew twenty-two thirty-eight is, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and Luke's account adds, with all thy strength. Notice the word A-L-L, all. That's complete, that's supreme. And he put that as the first commandment. I believe even the idea of a first and a second commandment there may not mean just to number them, but to suggest even a level there, that that first commandment is even more important than the second commandment. 
that our love for God is to be supreme. Study Luke 14 sometime. He said, if you're not willing to deny your parents and your family, you're not worthy of me. He said later in the chapter, if you put worldly things before me, you're not worthy of me. And then he said, unless you're willing to deny yourself, you're not worthy of me. Now was Jesus saying there, you shouldn't love father and mother? Don't think so. Was he saying you should not love yourself? I don't think so. There's a type of self-love that is commanded. Galatians 6, let a man prove his own work and then shall he have joy in himself. And we're told to love the wife as oneself, to love the neighbors oneself. How are you going to do that if you don't love yourself? There is a type of self-love that's approved. And yet he said if you love yourself this way, it can keep you from loving God like you should. And he said worldly possessions. There is a sense in which we need some of the worldly possessions. It's not wrong for us to use them in the right way. But when the love of money, not money, but the love of money, First Timothy 6, becomes the problem, then we've got a big problem, and it's basically because we don't put things in the proper levels. We are to love God supremely. Number two, I am to love my family sacrificially. I am to love my wife as my own body if she will let me love my God supremely. Now don't miss that point. I'm to love my family sacrificially. Study Ephesians 5, 25 through 33. You'll see the husband's to love the wife as his own body. The wife is to respect her husband as the head of the family. The husband is to nourish and cherish his wife. There is a very, very high level of love there. And I do not believe there is a love on this earth that has to, to do with human beings, between human beings or among human beings, that's any higher than the love of a man for his wife and a wife for her husband. And we are to love our families sacrificially. In fact, in 1 Corinthians 7, 1 through 5, I'm told that my body doesn't belong to me but to my wife, and my wife's body doesn't belong to her but to me. I see in these verses the very teaching where there is the obedience in First Corinthians, First Peter three, and the honor a little later in that chapter, I see this saying, if I understand it, that I am to be willing to give my life for my wife, but not my soul. And I have seen some people give their souls for their wives or husbands. They would give up God in order to please a wife or a husband. That's when we don't understand the levels of love. I'm to love my family sacrificially if they will let me love my God supremely. I'm to love my brethren in the church with a self-denying love, which means I am to put them ahead of myself. And that's even called a special kind of love in Galatians 6.10. As we have opportunity, let us do good unto all men. Don't miss this, especially unto those who are the household of faith. It is not wrong for us to have a higher type of love for our brethren than just for people in general. The Bible teaches that, especially for those that are of the household of faith. We are to love our brethren in a self-denying love. Let brotherly love continue. Psalms uh, uh, 133 says that general idea of how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell in unity. And in Hebrews 13, 1, 
uh, let brotherly love continue. We're told that we're to have the unfeigned, and that means pure love of the brethren in 1 Peter 1 and verse 22. We are to prefer one another in honor, Romans 12 and verse 10. We are to care about one another and share with one another as depicted in that example of the body and its members in several verses in 1 Corinthians 12. That is a self-denying love. I am to love my brethren with a self-denying love if they will let me love my family sacrificially and my God supremely. I used an example a few minutes ago in those first five that I gave you of a preacher who got up from his table with his wife and, and children and went to comfort a boy who'd lost his girlfriend. I know who that preacher was. You're looking at him. I've always tried to reach out to the congregation in every way that I should, but if I had my time to do over, there would have been times that I would have put my love for my family a little bit farther up the totem pole. And then I still would have had time, I think, to have loved my brethren as I should. I think one of the biggest mistakes that preachers have made is to fail to accept the responsibility to their own families. Now, I know that the preacher's wife and family must be willing to sacrifice, and the wives of elders must be willing to sacrifice, and there have been times when I was able to do things to help others because of the attitude of my wife. But, folks, I think sometimes we fail to keep these levels in mind. I'm to love my brethren with a self-denying love if they'll let me love my family and love my God supremely. I'm to love my neighbor. You're to love your neighbor with a service kind of love. Do good unto all men, is there in Galatians 6 and verse 40, and the second of the two great commandments is thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And certainly there are many passages that will show that we must be willing to deny ourselves and, and be willing to do things for others even if it costs us something. That's self-denial. Even the judgment scene in Matthew 25 is based entirely in that particular setting on whether or not we've served one another. He's talking about giving food and drink and visiting and so forth. He said, if you did it to the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. That's a service kind of love that we ought to have not only for the brethren, but even for our neighbors. I believe we ought to reach out more, and perhaps we don't do that as much as we did a few years ago, to be of service to our neighbors and those that we meet on a regular basis. But you see, I am to love my neighbors with a serving love if they'll let me love my brethren with a self-denying love and my family with a sacrificial kind of love and my God with a supreme kind of love. And if there is the proper attitude on the part of everyone, all of those can be done in the right way. And then there is a fifth level of love that I'm told and you're told to love our enemies. I have identified that as a searching kind of love because many times we don't know exactly what to do with our enemies. We have the right attitude. We want what is best for them. We may stand sometimes ready to do what we could do to make friends out of them. And by the way, that's the best way to get rid of an enemy is make friend of him. But sometimes we hardly know what to do. I hardly know how to have any feelings of love for those people that will take a cigarette that's lit and stick it against a little baby. I served on the program of foster care parents or a board that helped take care of that for many years in Chester County. 
And the first case that we had when I started serving was a little baby that had been taken away from its parents because it had 28 broken bones. I still have trouble loving that father. And I don't think I do love him in the way that I love you, but I think as a Christian I've got to have a feeling of love for him as, as an enemy. I have a hard time thinking about how I could love a man like Saddam Hussein. Yet he's a person who has a soul. I have difficulty loving some of those in this country that do exactly the opposite of what I believe the Bible teaches, and yet the Bible teaches me that you and I are to love them. But it's loving them with a different level of love, folks. And I believe it's important for us to put this into our thinking in the right way, but if we don't, we're going to have problems. Some of those things that I read earlier is because people didn't understand the levels of love. Love your enemies, yes. Somebody says, well, since I'm to love my enemy, if somebody comes into my house and breaks in and starts to harm my wife, I won't lift a hand against him because I'm to love him. Let me tell you something, I will. I don't want to harm him. But I love my wife more than anybody will break into my house. And I don't believe I'm sinning when I put some people above others in this spectrum of the levels of love. If everything's in order, we don't have any problems. You see, if I can love my enemy in the sense that I'm searching to be helpful to him, I can love my neighbors to serve them, I can love my brethren even denying myself for them, I can love my family putting them above anybody else on this earth and then love my God supremely above all of that, I won't have any problems. I believe with all my heart that there are levels of love and that as Christians we've got to realize that and put this into practice. Love everybody at the level you can love them as much as you can love them. But don't ever put a lower level of love above a higher level of love. Don't let your love for any man keep you from loving your God as you should. Keep the levels of love in proper order, and it's easy to do all of them. And you see, if you love God as you should, he'll let you love at all these other levels. You need to love him today enough to be a Christian. You need to love him enough to confess his name before men. Repent of your sins, be buried with him in baptism, be added to the church, be one of his. You need to love him enough to serve him, to worship and to serve. And when you don't repent of those things that are wrong, Confess it if it needs to be publicly. Pray to God for forgiveness. You need to do those things, but if you do, he will let you love at every level that you need to love if you love him supremely. The bottom line and the bottom question is, do you love God supremely? Do you love God above everybody and everything else? And have you shown that? by your obedience. If not, come as together we stand and say.